A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Listening to the following on podcast from Talksport live from Bloemfontein as we build up to Talksport 2's live and exclusive coverage of England's ODI series here in South Africa, which begins on Friday. I'm Neil Manthorpe, and for every day of this tour, we'll be bringing you uh, a new podcast with exclusive interviews, match reaction, and in depth analysis from members of the Talksport team. On today's show, the Telegraph's cricket correspondent, Will McPherson, joins me to look ahead to the tour. We'll hear from uh, the England. Uh, head coach Matthew Mott, and we'll bring you an exclusive interview with England fast bowler Jofra Archer. And the new South Africa red ball coach Shukri Conrad, who's uh, standing in as white ball coach in place of uh, Rob Walter until he starts. So plenty to come over the course of the show. This is Following On. Delighted to say I'm joined by Will McPherson of the Daily Telegraph here at the Mangawang Oval in Bloemfontein. It's been uh, very, very hot, warm, muggy uh, on the, the first full day of England training, although it really wasn't that much of a full day. There's thunderstorms uh, forecast for the afternoon. But the weather forecast, at least uh, for the first two one days, is clear, Will. It is, has, it's an unprecedented series in so many different ways. I don't know where to start. Where, where can you start for me? It really is the strangest build-up to any series I can remember, any tour I've covered. Um, no warm-up games. There were originally some scheduled, but then they just looked at it and realised, England realised all their players are playing in franchise leagues around the world, mainly here, but also in the UAE. So they said it was only three players who actually came from the UK. and all, So they were Ben Duckett, Harry Brook and David Willey, and all three of them had actually turned down franchise gigs to have a bit of a break. So they realised there's no need to have a warm-up game. They'll just leave their players in the league. So amazingly, it, we're speaking on Wednesday afternoon. Moen Ali and David Milan were training here today. There were two of six players training. They were playing for Sharjah in the UAE on Monday afternoon. Joss Butler, Jason Roy and Reese Topley are the last to get here. They were playing in the SA20 yesterday. And this series starts on Friday. It, it's, it's, it's really peculiar. The teams are kind of arriving in dribs and drabs. 
it doesn't feel like there's any continuity to the teams. They just kind of met up, introduced themselves to each other and said, nice to see you, mate, let's get on with it. It is completely peculiar. And South Africa, of course, have got everything to lose. England have, well, it's a World Cup year, so let's not uh, trivialise the importance of the series to them. But yeah, um, and, and Joe Root has stayed in the UAE to carry on playing for the Dubai Capitals. Um, you know, that's just... Oh, it's all it's all just too bizarre, isn't it? Well, it is bizarre. Also, one of the reasons Joe Root's not here is they, they said they wanted to get him a bit of extra T20 experience playing a few more games in that league. But also, Brendan McCullum, his team are going to New Zealand for a test tour, which obviously also on TalkSport. But they're going on... Uh, Friday, I think this week, and they're having a kind of a kind of arriving in New Zealand, which is obviously Brendan McCullum's homeland, and he's taking them on a kind of a bit of a party to get started, basically. And they're they're going to play loads of golf. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a few bungee jumps done and things like that. And McCullum said, "Well, I want Root with me there. I want he's an important part of the senior leadership in this team, and I want him coming to New Zealand early. So we're gonna we're gonna bed in there. So the likes of Ben Duckett and Harry Brook are also going to New Zealand, but they're going a bit late." They're, they're obviously deemed, you know, they need the white ball experience a bit more here. So it is very strange. And also, it's a sign of the times that England have got uh, a test tour overlapping with a, a one-day tour here. And then at the end of the New Zealand tour, by the time the New Zealand tour ends, I'll be in Bangladesh preparing for England's uh, next white ball tour. So that it's kind of bookended and it's all very higgledy-piggledy. There's no... There's no sort of natural flow to the calendar and it's all just a mess. Part of it is COVID, but also a lot of it is just dreadful scheduling and, and greed anyway from, from administrators. From a South African point of view, I must tell you that we've just spoken to Shukri Conrad, who is the newly appointed test coach filling in on an interim basis in the one-day team uh, because Rob Walter, who's the new one-day coach, is still in New Zealand. We really are into... Um, the land of Picasso and Noddy now. Um, but uh, so I, I, I've known Shukri Conrad for, for a very long time and he's always bubbly and effervescent um, and cheerful and positive and he's a very much a glass three-quarters full man. And because I've known him for so long, I know this is extremely difficult. The South African team haven't yet processed as a group the humiliating exit of the T20 World Cup. Now they've been playing in this champagne brand new SA20 tournament, which has been a massive success in front of full crowds, which we haven't seen for half a dozen years. And they're coming into this awful situation they know they need to win 2-1 at least and then beat Netherlands in their final two games and he is trying to to lift them all up and they've come from this sort of champagne almost pressure-free environment uh, into the ultimate pressure-free environment with South Africa's record at World Cups yeah and also the the thing you haven't mentioned there is the the tour of Australia that so many of the players were on you know that kind of beautiful premier bowling attack they were all in Australia on the shambolic test tour I mean yeah sort of became shambolic didn't it two-day defeat and all that kind of stuff but yeah they're in a they're in a tricky situation here not least because England really for England it's just this is just a nice way to start a World Cup year they have a little check-in again and see how Joffre Archer is who we haven't mentioned yet and Ollie Stone is back and a few other players like that but it's nothing it's little more than that really so the two teams are in a very different space one of them desperately needs to win or they're facing having to go to Zimbabwe for a qualification tournament for World Cup and imagine South Africa not being not making it to World Cup it's kind of it's kind of unthinkable we're used to them not doing very well at World Cups, but we're not used to them actually not being there. So yeah, they 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 need some wins in this series and and the sort of carefree England. I don't know what's going to turn. I don't know. I don't know how it's going to play out really. 
So, well, one of one of two ways, I think. Um, and uh, I asked Shukri Conrad this question. They either all get together uh, like a pub team, um, you know, a couple of hours before the game, and play with a carefree, happy-go-lucky approach, which which will probably see them score four hundred on a pitch which is known for its um, high scoring in Bloemfontein, or, or they, you know, look like a team that have just been um, arrived a few hours before the game. Absolutely, yeah, it, yeah. I think you're completely right. I'll go one of one of two ways. I also agree. We're, we're looking out over the ground now, and that pitch does look incredibly flat. The boundaries have brought in quite a long way. There's a big playing area here, but I suspect there will be some pretty high scores come Friday. I wouldn't want to be a bowler. Okay, talking about high scores, let's move to low scores. And Jason Roy, gosh, um, will. It's just been such a long time, and and you know all the players are keep saying, hey, 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 class is permanent, form is temporary, but it's been a loss of form for almost a year, and he's got this hangdog look about him now. And in the SA twenty, you can you can see, you can actually feel his teammates desperately wanting him to do well and return to form, and everyone telling him it's just a matter of time. Um, and Matthew Mott um, yesterday spoke about wanting to give players as much opportunity as possible, those players who were able to turn a game quickly. What's your take? Yeah, well, that has been one of the hallmarks of the, this England white ball setup since a long time before Mott came in, that they have given their players periods of poor performance and allowed them, uh, you know, they kind of backed them to, to get out of it, that, that idea that form is form is temporary. The trouble is, temporary is now quite a long time for, for Roy. He, he, he was dropped from the T20 side in, the, in September after a really, really poor summer. And then he, he's retained his place in the ODI side. He played three games in Australia at the end of the World Cup, that kind of very weird series where, where England had to stay on and, and play. And he didn't light up the world then. He's managed to retain his place for this. I do think this one is actually, this series is do or die for him now with the World Cup on the horizon. His main problem, well, he's got two main problems. The first one is his own form. The second one is the sheer depth of the English talent. There's now all these guys who are Jason Roy mimics, essentially. And Phil Salt is a is a pro, is prototype Jason Roy. He's, he's, he's actually ill at the moment, which is an interesting little element. Phil Salt's in the squad for this series, but he's been quite ill. He's contracted something at the um, SA20. He's missed a couple of games there, and I, I would be surprised if he's in the side on Friday, which takes a little bit of a heat off Roy, because it means that if someone's unavailable, he automatically definitely plays on Friday and kind of has the opportunity that, you know, that each game is important for him. He needs a score at some stage, but there's Phil Salt, Will Jacks, Ben Duckett, Harry Brooks got to get in this team somehow. All of these guys, David Milan is such a consistent run scorer. Joe Root will be back at three at the World Cup, so Milan can't back there. And then Alex Hales might come and come into the conversation come September. I think England are going to leave him be until then with ODIs, but they've got a good bank of games again before the World Cup. I think Roy needs to score runs here or he won't go to Bangladesh in March if he doesn't. I, don't, I just don't think they were able to carry him for, for that much longer. But he's got three games here. I'm, I would expect him to play all three. They'll give him the best chance he can because the thing about Roy is he has been a really good T20 player. He has been an all-time great English ODI player. His record, his partnership with Johnny Bairstow, his own personal record. He was seen as a kind of standard bearer for that side. He was the flag flyer. In the 2019 World Cup, when he got injured, England, you know, they completely lost their way. He came back and they marched to the final and won it. That's why they're prepared to give him so long. But that is now four years ago. He has barely scored a run since. And, And they're in a difficult position. He's got three games, I think. Let's remind ourselves of what Matthew Mott said about Jason Roy. Well, I think he'd love some more runs. I, I think it's really important that you get clarity on the different formats. And his, his one-day record is, you know, is an outstanding record. He averages the best part of 40 and strikes at 110. So 
over a career, he's, he's you know, I'm sure he's absorbed some late times, but what you do know is, is his best is, is world class, and I think that that's something. Um, yeah, we hope he, he can he come out here and, and really boss it here. He's got a good opportunity. Uh, he'll get a good opportunity as well to, to come out and show what he's got. And I think he's really looking forward to getting back in this environment. I think he, you know, he feels like he's, he's missed out on some opportunities and he's, he's keen to put his best forward, foot forward in ODI cricket. Now, players come in and out of form at different times, but when they've been very successful over a long period of time, it's it's usually something you can show faith and loyalty in. And I think it's a really good message for the rest of the squad too. If you come in and do well, yeah, we can absorb some, some lean times knowing that you can come out the other side, I think. You know, it should be harder to get in the team than should get out of it. And I think this team's enjoyed a lot of success over a long period of time. And Jason Roy has been a big part of that. That's England white ball coach Matthew Mott talking about uh, about Jason Roy and the fact that he, I mean, he did build up an awful lot of interest in the bank, didn't he? But he, he's um, he's been spending um, the savings. I have to ask you about another topic, and that is that Matthew Mott, again, reiterating that he has spoken to, or was it has spoken to, or is planning on speaking to again, Ben Stokes about his ODI retirement. Um, Harmy and I had a little joke, um, a little bet, five pounds, I think it was, on um, the Cricket Collective. Um, I said that he would be back uh, and play in the 2023 World Cup. And he said, no, no, no. I'm, I, when Ben makes a decision, Ben makes a decision. I said, I think this was an emotional decision. And I don't think that he'll change his mind, but he will have it changed for him. That was always my take. Uh, and and uh, yours? I uh, well, I I trust Harmy's judgment because he knows Ben a lot better than I do. But I would also say that I've I've generally fallen into your camp where I think he will be at the World Cup in in October. I think they'll just leave him be uh, until September. When again, I said they basically England's view on white ball cricket has changed in that leading up to 2019, they needed to sort their game out. So they used bilateral series like this one would have been of great importance to them then. Now, all they care about is the tournament. They think the blueprint's in place and you just have to peak at the right time for each tournament. So they're gonna, they think September this year, where they're playing a few games against New Zealand and Ireland, and then they go to India, there'll probably be some warm-ups there. That's where all that matters. If Stokes wants to get back on the wagon at that point, if he sees a World Cup and he is, you know, in rugby they call him a test match animal, wouldn't they? If he, he, that's the events he lives for. If he thinks, I fancy that one, He'll come. I also think England, I think Matthew Mott said the door's always open. It's never going to close on Ben Stokes. He's won in in quite similar fashion. He's won two World Cups essentially off his own bat. And yeah, I I still think he'll be there personally. Uh, I think there's a spot at number four waiting for him. I wouldn't think he'll be much of a bowling force at the World Cup, but I think he'll be there. Okay, let's hear what Matthew Mott said about uh, that conversation he had or will have again with uh, Ben Stokes. At the moment, he's not committal. I think he's, he's certainly prepared for a test series. I think he'll just see how things pan out. His body pans out. He's obviously also got the IPL. And we'll just keep an open mind. And the door is always open for a player of that quality. Um, but we're also you know, very aware that his, his main focus is, is Red Bull cricket as, as the captain. And we'll respect that when he's, when he's ready to chat. We'll do that. Right, um, coming towards the end of part one of uh, the podcast, I must let you go, Will. Will McPherson's here from uh, the Daily Telegraph, and he's got lots to write. We've just spoken to Joffre Archer. What did you make? I mean, he's, he's never he's never not laid back, but he seemed particularly uh, chilled today. Yeah, and he's often, over the years, not been the easiest interview, actually. But today, I thought he, he really grew into it, and he seemed really happy. I watched him bowl a little bit out in the middle today. And he looks great. He looks the same, which I think is there's something beautifully heartening about that. Sometimes bowlers come back from long-term injury and you can see differences. 
But I think he's taken a lot of confidence from those five games in the SA20. He's already obviously picked up eight wickets, a couple of them sort of threethers, and he looks good. I'm optimistic. I think England have learnt a lot about their management of him. I think in 2019 through to the time he got injured in early 2021, they just were so excited. Essentially, it was like a new toy and, and they played with it so much that it broke. <laughs> I think they've learnt a bit now and I really hope... I really hope they have. Ultimately, this year for England, he's not going to New Zealand to play Test cricket. So the next big Test cricket challenge is the Ashes. I hope they use him sparingly when they get to that point. Two or three Tests would be a great result after such a long time out. And then get into the World Cup. Those are the two events which people will remember. Um, so, yeah, I hope they've learned. And I think they have. And I'm really excited to see him back. You really cracked me up with that one. England broke their new toy. So who's going to play mum and dad and make sure that England don't play with it too much? Yeah, Ben Stokes and Josh Butler. I think Josh Butler would be a good cop in that situation, wouldn't he? He'd be the sensible parent who's making sure that he's uh, well looked after. But yeah, fingers crossed they've learnt their lessons. Okay, that's uh, Blumfontein. Blumfontein, I've got some homework for you. Hopefully you're going to join us on the podcast again tomorrow. But why would South Africa's most landlocked city in the middle of the country, over 600 kilometres away from the sea, have a little hill in the centre of the town called Naval Hill? Or have you been looking up Lonely Planet? Do you know the answer to that? No, I've done a little bit of research. I did notice that it's very stuffy here. There's no sea breeze. So I did know we were a long way from the coast. It's not like Cape Town or somewhere like that. I know, I think it, I did do a bit of research. It does appear to date back to one of the less proud moments in British history. And um, the Brits in, during the, the Anglo Boer War sort of plonked a couple of their naval guns on top of this hill and for quite what purposes I don't know whether we should go into it now but look it up at home um yeah it, it's it's the Brits that that cause naval hill to be to be right in the middle of South Africa which is very strange isn't it but yeah that's history for you thanks for your time and hopefully I'll be able to grab some more of it tomorrow absolute pleasure that's Will McPherson um, and this is the following on podcast from TalkSport next up we'll bring you an exclusive interview that we mentioned with uh, England fast bowler Jofra Archer you should celebrate yourself every day but some days you should celebrate with jewellery whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience 
eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados. Truly the best place to be a cricket fan. Archer in, right arm over the little bit of wicket, tracked on by Kale Rahul. Archer has the first wicket of the series. Joffre Archer will be back to, to the normal Joffre Archer that we, we loved before he had this injury. Third one inside the power play and he's in. He's bowled and he's hit for six over long on. What a shot. Roy goes down the ground for six. He goes, oh my goodness, he has smashed that field out. Sam Curran has beasted it over long on for six. Oh, Punched away by Butler for four <laughs> through square leg. Outrageous cheat from the far end. Balls a leg break oh. and Clarkson has got hold of this one. And Benson, that might be the biggest of the day. You're listening to the following on podcast from TalkSport with me, Neil Manthorpe, live from Bloemfontein, building up to our live and exclusive coverage of England's three-match ODI series against South Africa, which begins here on Friday. Right, England fast bowler Joffre Archer is set to make his return to international cricket this week after 18 months out with uh, that elbow injury and a couple of false starts during that time as well. And as I mentioned, along with uh, Will and uh, a few of the other journalists, I sat down to discuss his return to international cricket, playing in the SA20, and what next for him and this England side. Joffrey, you look fantastic um, for Cape Town uh, in the SA20. Did you feel fantastic? Uh, yeah, well, it looks fantastic, but on the inside, you know, still a bit stiff, still trying to take some of the rust away. So how much of a work in progress is the recovery? Probably say about 80%. You know, just some fine tuning, you know, uh, just more discipline more than actual cricket stuff. What kept you going during the rehab? I mean, it was 18 months not doing what you do. Lots of dogs, six of them. Yeah, um, I went a bit crazy. Probably a, a month after I got back to Barbados, I got about five dogs in the space of four weeks. So, you know, um, just a routine, to be honest, kept me going. You know, shoveling lots of pool and feeding lots of dogs. <laughs> Was there was there any any doom um, at the, during that time? Did you have any doubts? Did you I mean? Did you wonder whether you would get back? No, not really. Um, probably the time frame. If I'm being honest with you, um, I know if, whenever I'm fully fit, I don't think there's much that can stop me. It's just a matter of when that was going to be. So you know, luckily everything happened a lot sooner than it. Well, I wish it happened a lot sooner, you know. But I'm not. I'm gonna be upset or bitter about how the timing's been I think everything happens for a reason and I guess there's a reason I'm here in South Africa right now. And finally for me in a Ashes year in a World Cup year which which excites you more or are you just taking it week by week? Hopefully it can be a, a repeat of 2019 you know we got again a 50 over World and the Ashes in the same year so more of the same please. That was England's uh, fast bowler Jofra Archer speaking to me a little earlier today. The series uh, will be the first for South Africa since Mark Boucher left his role after their disastrous T20 
World Cup exit at the hands of uh, the Netherlands. The new white ball coach, uh, head coach, Rob Walter, doesn't actually officially start till the 1st of February. He doesn't leave uh, New Zealand and arrive in South Africa till the 20th of February. So very much a, a hands-off remote control situation at the moment, which has left Red Bull head coach Shukri Conrad overseeing this three-match series. And I caught up with him uh, as well uh, just after we spoke to Jofra. Shukri, it's a massive, massive series. In fact, um, somebody was saying that uh, the difference between what it means to one team and the other is possibly unprecedented because for England, it, it's really just um, a pressure-free warm-up for the World Cup, I guess. I don't think England uh, <laughs> approach things like that, Neil, but yeah, obviously a massive series for us. However, we, we obviously want to take away the focus from the winning bit. We, we want to invest in our, in our processes. We want to start playing cricket that we know we can play. We want to create an environment where guys go out and... and uh, I'm, sounds like I'm rolling cliches off my tongue. You go out and express themselves. But that's really what we want to do. We want us to, to be able to start playing like a top side. Our position belies that, but um, we know what these guys are capable of. What about the stars in the England team? Joffre Archer's coming back. Obviously, he's uh, attracted a lot of attention. The spotlight's on him. They're world champions. Are you going to tell Temba Bavuma and his team just to, to <laughs> play the ball and not the man? Look, I think that uh, goes without saying how, how good a, a white ball side and, dare I say, test side England is as well. Um, obviously, Jofra, massive. I saw him down in Cape Town. He's, he's, he's firing on all cylinders, all cylinders, and that's great. Great for us because if we want to start reaching those 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 uh, dizzy heights of, of of world cricket we're going to have to test ourselves against the best and certainly Joffre, Josh Butler all of the names you in that England side um, they provide that test for us in terms of South Africa's position in qualifying for the World Cup I mean it's a bit like a team conceding a a winning goal or the losing goal in the 90th minute of a soccer game um you know, this has been a two-year process, um, and it's all come down to this series and the last couple of games. Can South Africa get to the World Cup? But a lot of the players have been involved in the mistakes that have happened along the way for the last eighteen months, two years. Is it a subject of discussion, or will it be? No, it won't be. I think every player realizes realizes how important the series is. So for me to go out there and, and state the obvious, I've never been one to do that. So for me to go out and state the obvious, I, I don't think that does anybody any any good. We do know, however, that it is a massive series. But thankfully, it's still in our hands. We, we can actually dictate whether we actually go directly to the World Cup. And if our performances this week aren't good enough and we have to go to the qualifiers, well, then we've got to deal with that as well. But it's, it's certainly not a, a case of blaming anyone. This is the position we find ourselves in. And, and our angle will, will definitely be it's still in our hands to, to turn things around and turn it around in a big way. This is an unprecedented series in, in many ways, really, not the least of which is the fact that it's in the middle of an, of an SA20 tournament, which has been fun and vibrant, and the players have, uh, the national squad players have mostly performed superbly. I guess you want to try and keep that vibe going. Most definitely. And I think that's the big thing, uh, is to make our environment fun and vibrant as well and still go out and play really good cricket. Uh, we will be obviously, when I say we, Rob and I, want to put our teams in, in both formats that South Africans want to come and watch. The game in itself, I think globally, is is under threat in terms of the type of cricket England has shown both in both formats, that if you play this attractive brand, people want to be a part of it. 
South Africans have shown now again with this league that they're still very much in love with cricket. So I'm going to see this league as, as an ally. Um, guys have been able to be out in the middle. They've had. It's not a case of getting guys in the nets and having to, to hone certain skills. The guys have been playing. Um, and obviously guys come in here with some really good form. Um, our bowlers are in red hot form. Some batters are, are firing. So I'd be foolish to ignore what's gone before. But it is unique. They come in from a from a glitzy glamour environment. And um, yeah, now that's like a, a pressure-filled one where... And I'm not for one suggesting that T20 isn't pressure-filled. Um, but I'm I'm very comfortable knowing that the guys are, are, are professional. Uh, we'll be getting together for the first time tonight as a group. But again, guys are used to flitting in and out. That's how the leagues work as well. The guys arrive a day or two before and then they go out and do the business. It's going to be no different for us. Just touching on that uh, point about pressure, I mean... It is different at provincial or franchise or, or, or club level than, than at country. I mean, that's why people walk away from, from international cricket sometimes and, and perform so well for years after with a different kind of pressure. Most definitely. And, and look, obviously, the, the rewards that the, the, the franchises and the leagues bring probably far outweigh playing for your country. But um, I, I can sit here and state categorically that every single one of our players will be properly invested this week. They still have so much pride in representing their country. We do know we, we've let the, the country down a little bit, in, in uh, and that's a little bit of an understatement as well, in the recent past. But as I, as I said a, a few minutes ago, it's still in our hands, and, 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 and we can thankfully still shape the, the direction we go here. And finally, 16-man squad suggests that uh, there'll be a little bit of rotation. Um, and I mean, or, or, or does it suggest a bit of indecision? <laughs> Rotation, I'd like to think. <laughs> no, look, obviously, guys, having played quite a bit, it does allow for for um, for rotation. We've obviously got to take the well-being of our players. That that has to remain paramount. It is the well-being of our of our players, and I think players start appreciating that as well. That ultimately, it's about their well-being and getting them uh, in a position where they can perform at their at their best for for South Africa. I don't think anybody wants to be treated as a commodity. Uh, and we certainly, with a 16-man squad, have now the, the room to manoeuvre in terms of ensuring uh, the freshness of every player that uh, that's out in the park. And this is the final question. Um, England, eight players coming from all over South Africa to Bloemfontein, three coming from England, only three, three from Sharjah. They also, like South Africa, only getting together 24 hours before the first game. Some people suggesting that England might have a little bit of a happy-go-lucky approach and uh, that might make them vulnerable. Other people saying that actually makes them more dangerous. Look, uh, you, you, you don't become the world champions uh, in white ball, both 50 and T20, by a happy-go-lucky approach. The way they go out and play the cricket might suggest that. It is a little bit like that, but it's a well-thought-out strategic way they've gone out and played. I'm certainly not going to try and mimic the English way, but we, whatever we can learn from them, we'd be, we'd be daft if we didn't. Um, so I'm seeing an English side that's going to come here and, and deliver their best um, and, and certainly not going to be treating this as a warm-up to, uh, to a World Cup. Good luck. Thanks, uh, Neil. That was uh, interim Red Bull or interim White Ball coach Shukri Conrad chatting to me a little earlier today. Um, so that's it for today's following on podcast. We'll be back at the same time tomorrow as we continue our build-up to the start of the first ODI between South Africa and England on Friday. Every ball live and exclusive here on TalkSport 2. 
uh, on tomorrow's show, we'll bring you an exclusive interview with uh, England captain Joss Butler and the South African captain, Temba Bavuma. Uh, we'll also hear from the likes of Darren Goff and Mark Butcher, who will be on our team, on the commentary team, for the whole series. But for now, this has been Following On. The Following On podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 